0: Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff as well as a lot of guy stuff. Hopefully, you know my spiel by now. But anyways, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Now, I just had an amazing visit with my parents. They drove out here, my mom and my stepdad, they drove out here from Colorado to Indiana to visit us for a few days. And I must say, it was a really, really nice trip. They got to spend a lot of quality time with my kids, my two girls, as well as my wife and I, and we kept them pretty busy too. We had quite a few activities packed in there. We went fishing and did a little mini golf, went out to dinner, just had some nice quality fun and quality time with my parents. They got to really spend a lot of time with my kids, and I really appreciate that. I really enjoy watching and seeing that dynamic. And... And seeing the kids with grandma and grandpa. So it was a really great visit. And for that reason, today's episode is going to be a dad classic episode. Hopefully nobody minds that. This is an episode I actually recorded sometime last year. And then the following week, we will be back to fresh episodes. So please stay tuned for that. So since we're all getting back into the swing of school, these school schedules once again, I figured we could all use a nice healthy dose of positive sleep tips for us, And our kids, and that's actually the title of today's Dad Classic episode. They actually may come in handy. I really think they will. Getting our kids to bed at a decent time, getting them up for school the following morning, breakfast fed, and getting them out the door so they can be in line for that bus. Also, for us, too, getting that proper amount of sleep that I guarantee that most of us are not getting, getting that eight hours, getting to bed at a decent time. I know we're all probably sitting in bed messing around on our phones, and not going to sleep the way we should. So hopefully there's some tips in there for us as well. I honestly can't remember what I recorded in this episode. I will proof it and check it, but it will be a surprise to me as well. So anyways, this episode was recorded back in October 1st, 2021. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And I will talk to you again next week. The almighty and all-important sleep mainly with our kids, right? Now, I get this is not a new idea. It's not that no one has ever talked about sleep. I mean, I just did a quick Google search, and there's a million articles and videos on good sleep habits for babies to the elderly. And for every article, there's an opinion or 10 for each one. So, for God's sakes, this has been probably talked about to death. But what kind of sparked this with me in my head was my daughter, my youngest daughter. So I figured I would share my experience with my kids, share my personal tips at least. Maybe we can see what the professionals say on the line, as Vince Vaughn might put it. Now look, I'll be honest. I've been on easy street with this whole sleep thing for quite a while now. Probably, I don't know, a solid three years, maybe less, maybe more. You know, a few ups and downs in there, but nothing really crazy, and nothing's ever perfect. Nothing lasts forever. When you think it does, and you think you've mastered whatever you're doing, bam, some shit blows up in your face, and then you feel like you're starting all over again, and you don't know what to do. So, but no, I mean really, my kids have been good for the most part, but as of lately, and maybe the past month, or two, my youngest, Kennedy, has not been great. And you're probably going to think this is stupid, or that I'm being unrealistic, or going to yell at me and tell me why am I complaining about this, but this is what she does. She wakes up really early, like three in the morning sometimes, it's sporadic, and it varies, two in the morning, midnight, three in the morning, and she'll cry from her room Or she'll go outside her door in the hallway and cry and scream. Or she'll come to my door and whimper and whine outside my door. And it's really random. It's not every single night, so it kind of confuses me. Maybe annoys me a little bit. I don't know what's going on, if she's having a nightmare or what. She is potty trained. She goes to the bathroom on her own. That's all cool and well and done. So I don't know what it could be. And then there's some other times, too, where she'll wake up at, like, 6 in the morning and tell me that she's not tired anymore. Which, yeah, I know that's not really that bad. I mean, it's pretty much morning, right? A lot of people get up and go to work at 6 in the morning or get up and start their day at 6 in the morning. So I guess I should take that as a win. But I like my sleep, all right? My wife likes her sleep, too. And Olivia, she gets up for school at 6.40, so it would be kind of nice if Kennedy would at least stay in bed until then. We do have these okay to wake clocks. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're they're an alarm clock. And you can set them to not only be an alarm clock to buzz and make noise to wake someone up, but to actually turn on a light when it is okay to wake, if that makes sense. So we have those, and they actually work pretty well. They're pretty cool, but she hasn't really been listening to it, so... That's usually set for about 7 o'clock for her to get up with that, and she's not really staying in bed long enough to allow the light to come on and then come out. So, But it's kind of funny how different kids can be with their sleeping when they're in the same environment. They've been raised the same way. I mean, granted, their schedules are a little bit different, so that's probably has something to do with it, but, I mean, Olivia loves her sleep. On the weekends, she'll sleep in easy until 730 they both go to bed around the same time, roughly 7.30, 7.45, which I know may sound kind of early to some parents, I don't know, but in my opinion, they need that. They're more often than not totally wiped out by the end of the day, school and activities and play and all that other stuff, and they're ready to just cash out and be done. Plus, if you remember from previous episodes I've done, getting kids to bed early at a decent time allows for adult unwind time that gives my wife and I about three hours to ourselves, which is great, and it is much needed. Now going back in time a little bit, my kids didn't always sleep well, of course. There is kind of a learning curve to this whole thing. Olivia was very colicky, is colicky a word? Anyways, according to the doctor, she was colic on crack, so that makes us feel pretty good. Feedings with her were pretty hard, Sleep was difficult for the first few months. She wouldn't sleep in the car. She would only take little 40-minute naps. I mean, is this is this the way all babies are? I don't know. I hear other ba- people's stories and their kids sound amazing in these early months. I hear kids taking three-hour naps. But with Olivia, we were bouncing on yoga balls trying to get her to go to sleep. And just, oh, just all this stuff. So she did get better. And Kennedy on the other hand, Kennedy was much better than Olivia. They pretty much had the same routines, so it just kind of goes to show that not all babies and kids kind of have the same sleep habits. So, what do your kids do? Do you have issues with your kids at night? Do you enforce a strict bedtime? Do they wake up randomly like mine do and drive you crazy? Do they wake up when they're supposed to in the morning or do they are they early risers getting up at 6 or 6.30? Let me know, please. I need to figure this out. Now I would say we got them sleeping through the night, both of them, at a relatively early age, probably five to seven months in there. Maybe sooner, maybe later, I don't exactly remember. It's been quite a while. It's kind of funny how easy you forget being in the trenches, so to speak. But we got them on a schedule, and I think that's the hard part, and also probably one of the most important parts, right? It's kind of seeing their patterns, and then moving and changing them in a way that's better for everyone. And speaking of schedules, Despite what Ashton Kutcher says about bath time, or a lack thereof of bath time, we gave our girls a bath every single night. Not necessarily with soap and scrubbing and all that, sometimes just water and just that routine of bath, but we used it as a cue to let them know that this was getting ready for bed and part of our bedtime routine. And that routine, I think, is really important regular wake time to get them used to that along with a scheduled nap times and then a the scheduled bed times so I think ours was like when she was a tiny baby it was what wake feed play calm down nap time and then wake feed play nap and then wake play bath feed bed or you know something like that I guess I don't exactly remember but one of The things that we did start doing really early on, and some people are probably going to think I'm crazy for it, but our old school pediatrician actually thought it was a good idea too, and that was to get the baby into their own room as soon as you can. Our pediatrician said parents need sleep too, right? And both our kids were such loud sleepers when they were in our room sitting in the little sleeper thing that we were constantly waking up to Every little noise they made, every whimper they had thinking that they may need something when they actually didn't. And even though a baby fusses a bit here and there, it doesn't necessarily mean they need to be tended to, right? And we had them in this little rock and play thing, which I guess is banned now because of a pillow being sewed into it and suffocation or something. But we luckily we never had any of those issues. But we had them in that, and then we moved them out of our room And into their own rooms, into their own cribs, pretty early. God, I want to say it was less than three months. My wife would know, but I can't exactly remember. But it was like early. Like you think early? It was early. But anyways, we felt that was good to get them out of our space and get them used to their own room. So they don't get used to our bedroom as their space. They can get comfortable in their own room and get used to their own room, and being in that space, so when they go to sleep, and all that stuff, they're comfortable in there. Does that kind of make sense? And it was amazing for our sleep as well. I mean, we still had to get up and tend to them, you know, regularly, but they were in their own space, and not in our master bedroom. And then we also used the whole swaddling techniques. You guys probably know all about that. Wrap them up like a burrito, and then once our kids started fighting the swaddle, we got these suits my wife found called Merlin's Magic Sleep Suits. Have you ever heard of them? Well they make your kid look like a puffy starfish, but it keeps them cozy and contained and it also keeps it so they can't scratch themselves because that's kinda one of the problems I guess that they do. They flinch and they'll smack themselves in the face and they'll scratch themselves with their little fingernails, right? And then they wake themselves up. And kind of babies are kinda funny, just thinking about all this stuff to prevent them from scratching themselves or things to sleep in. It just kind of makes me laugh. I don't think they had this stuff 40 years ago, but yet here we all are. We survived just fine, I think, right? Gosh, I still... think it. Going back, thinking about all this stuff, I still remember making bottles during the middle of the night, throwing them in the warmer, steaming them, going to the room, feeding the baby, getting her back to bed. It feels like such a long time ago, but I guess it was. I mean seven and four now. So it's quite a while ago in the past. Pacifiers. Oh, pacifiers were another one that I felt like there were a lot of different opinions on them. Don't use them. They will confuse the baby. Use them, but only in certain times. Use them if you're only bottle feeding and blah, blah, blah. So that was kind of a hard one for us to understand. We didn't really know what was right and what was wrong. With Olivia, our first kid, we actually tried to not use them that much for fears of some of those reasons and then ended up just making everything a lot harder. And then we ended up just caving at some point. Said to hell with it and it actually really helped quite a bit. And then with our our second, Kennedy, we just used them right away and we didn't really have a lot of issues. So maybe just kinda go with the flow there. And me personally, I'd rather break my kid from using a pacifier by just taking it away than breaking them of sucking their thumb, which I don't know how in the hell you stop that, really. We dropped our pacifier use, I think my girls were about two and a half, and it was a weekend of crying and fussing and and, uh, bad times at bedtime and nap time, but we got over it, and our dentist actually told us that we really wanted to get rid of it before three, because The way it pushes on the palate inside their mouth, it can change their bite and their teeth and stuff. So we really made sure to get rid of it by the time they turn three. But even after all those things, my kids now go to bed pretty well. They get a lot of sleep. They get about 12 hours of sleep a night, which some people may think is too much or that I put my kids to bed too early. But I think that's what they need. I can tell when they haven't had enough sleep. They're cranky and grumpy and not well engaged. Speaking of that, I was just listening to Kennedy cry and whine not too long ago because she did not want to listen to go brush her teeth. And she wanted to be completely defiant. And she started to throw a fit and she started to freak out. And golly, she's been been throwing a lot of fits lately. I really don't know why. She's throwing them way more now at 4 than she ever did at 2 and 3. And we can't really figure it out. So I need to try to buckle down on that. But that's a whole other topic and discussion for another day. So, and yeah, anyways, kids need sleep. I think there are a lot of kids out there that are getting terrible sleep, going to bed way too late, probably getting up way too early. Maybe they're playing their parents like a fiddle and doing the whole bedtime bullshit not wanting to go to bed and then before you know it it's 9 30 and your kid's not sleeping so i think if you're having issues trouble with your kid maybe you should really look into their sleep habits before you look into anything else so anyways okay backstory's done <clears throat> what do you think of my issue at hand kennedy hollering at three in the morning do you think it's a bad dream do you think she's just looking for attention maybe she just can't put herself back to sleep i'm kind of thinking that She's maybe scared and maybe had a bad dream. I don't know. I mean, both my girls go to bed super well. Well, for the most part. Kennedy I had some problems with. Of course, Kennedy I had some problems with, right? She used to do the constantly get out of bed thing when we would put her down, ask silly questions, request silly things, which we put up with and we tried to handle gently, fulfilling her little needs, right? Hoping that she would just go back to bed and be done And plus we didn't really wanna wind her up and get her upset because nobody's gonna sleep well like that, but we did end up getting to the point where we put like a catch lock on her door. So it only allowed her to open her door maybe two inches. And that was like a bad, a bad deal there. That did not work either. She just got hysterical and freaked out when she saw that her door was locked. So that's 100% a dad fail there, I guess. Thankfully that all didn't last that long. Now she goes to bed easy peasy like Olivia does. And something I've always said to a lot of friends with kids and babies and everything when they're kind of struggling is everything is temporary and it will pass. It's temporary. It will be over before you even know it. But yeah, I think she's having some bad dreams or something, scaring herself, doesn't know what to do and just gets up and panics, which when my older daughter has had bad dreams, she usually just quietly come into my room and come right to my bedside and it almost freaks me out because she's very quiet and then she just says dad really quietly and uh, wakes me up and then I just take her back to bed so anyways let me know what you think DM me whatever your opinions oh and that's another tip I'd have just talking about it is don't let your kids freely sleep or crawl into bed with you in the middle of the night. See, my kids come to my bed sometimes, and I could just say, oh, get in bed with me, right? In my opinion, my non-doctor, non-psychology opinion, that's a bad deal. Unless you like having them sleep in your bed, but I hear a lot of parents complain about it, that their bed's being taken over by their kids, so. So anytime Olivia comes to into me with a bad dream, or Kennedy is crying in the hall, I will walk them back to their rooms, tuck them back into their bed, And then I usually will lay down with them for a good maybe 10, 15 minutes, make sure that they know that they're safe and they're comfortable and they're calmed down. And then I'll usually ask them if I can go and then I head back to my bed. And usually this works like 98, 99% of the time. I've never had an issue, never had them walk back wanting to get into my bed. So I think if you do this from a young age, then you won't have any issues when they start to get older and want to just be hopping in bed with you all the time. So now that Kennedy is four, I think I need to have a little talk with her and just tell her, instead of waking up the whole house, that she can just come in and wake me up and get me for help and then I can help her. She won't have to scream her head off in the hallway. But see, I need to take my own advice. Everything's temporary, Justin. This too will be gone in an instant. No sense getting me all wound up about it. So listen to myself, right? And since I'm on the subject of talking about good sleep habits for kids, I figured I would throw in a few for us adults, right? We need to get good sleep and have good habits as well. I know we would like to stay up late watching our favorite show, getting those special projects done, maybe going out late with friends all fine, right? But I think we could do a few things to help us sleep a little better. I know I could use some. I mean, just the other night, me and my wife stayed up till like almost 11 watching a show on Netflix called Outer Banks, which is actually pretty good. It's got a little treasure hunt vibe in it, and I think it's kind of cool. Anyways, now some of these tips or whatever are mine. Some are a few that I had found online, so I'm not going to take credit for them all. I'll link the articles that I'm referencing in the description so you can kind of check them out. There's also a lot of good videos on YouTube about sleep habits for adults and kids and everything so if you're having a problem just like go do some searching and check it out and see what you find that can fit your lifestyle. Right Now the first and foremost tip I have and it's in a lot of articles too but it's electronics before bed, in bed, whatever. And I know that it's hard for probably 99% of us, me included, but we need to really limit this activity. I bring my phone to bed, I check a few nonsense random things on social media, I play a stupid game or something like that, and then I proceed to put my phone down, and then I watch TV for 20 minutes, and then I fall asleep. And this is all bad, right? Very, very bad. Bad habit. I guess there's blue light, which is emitted by everything. It's emitted by the sun, it's emitted by my computer, it's emitted by my phone. TVs, everything. Well, the blue light emitted from TVs and phones and stuff, which a lot of people use before bed, what's it do? It boosts alertness, it also regulates circadian rhythm, which is your body's natural wake and sleep cycle. So the blue light coming from the sun, you know, tells you it's daytime. While well, the sun goes down. Phones don't go down when the sun goes down. TVs don't go off when the sun goes down. So that messes up your sleep habits. And nothing on social media or Instagram pics or some YouTube video is worth losing good sleep over, right? It's all junk that'll be there tomorrow. So we just need to really tell ourselves that. <clears throat> I also found this Mayo Clinic article and it's kinda got the tried and true tips in there of setting a sleep schedule, we know that's pretty popular, make a set bedtime, just like our kids, a set wake time, all that stuff, get physical exercise, getting some decent exercise during the day or some sort of physical activity will help you sleep at night, cutting out alcohol, I know that's probably a hard one for some people. Um, but yeah, bedtime is kind of easy to blow off, especially, you know, when you're 34 minutes into your one hour show or when you're an adult and you're like, yeah, I don't want to go to bed. You know, I don't want to be told what to do by myself. I guess that's kind of silly, but <clears throat> just making yourself get up and go to bed is, a uh, is kind of tricky sometimes. I mean, I know every time I stay up late, I usually regret it later telling myself, man, I should have gone to bed about an hour ago. And then the next night I'd, repeat the same stupid cycle. And alcohol too, I just talked about it. Alcohol's pretty easy for me to cut. I've cut alcohol for weeks and months at a time before. It's not that big a deal. But I know with other people, they may have a hard time. They may have, you know, casual drinks every Friday or whatever it may be. But it's just something that we could limit. Alcohol makes you sleep like shit. It makes me feel bloated after a few drinks. And it just isn't great if you're looking to get in shape either. I mean, alcohol may make you fall asleep fast, but it cuts your REM sleep cycle, makes it smaller, is what I read anyway. So that's why you don't get as good a sleep when you have a few cocktails in you. You may fall asleep fast, but it's not that good. Also, create a restful environment. Now, okay, I don't want to call anybody out here, but for you guys that literally have like, A tossed balled up blanket on your bed and that's it? Like what is that? I've never done that. I don't understand that. I've always had a normal sheet set, a blanket, and a bedspread on my beds. And then you make your bed. Create a nice relaxing area to sleep. Create a nice space for you to come to and crawl into and feel good about. No one wants to crawl into that balled up blanket on the bed and try to cover yourself up. And it just, I don't know. It's just crazy. Also, my kids use sound machines. It's a white noise machine and they love it. They've used them pretty much since they were babies and it seems to make them fall asleep much easier, especially if you're in an area with outside noises like barking dogs or trucks or something like that. So we've even tossed one of those sound machines in our master bedroom and it creates that nice restful environment. So also have a nice cool room. Make sure your AC's turned down. Get into your made bed, turn your electronics off, turn the white noise machine on, and it makes for the ideal sleeping environment. I've even heard now not to eat real big meals and then immediately go to bed. I haven't done a whole lot of reading on this, so I'm not going to talk about it a lot, but I heard it can slow your metabolism down and have some other negative effects on your body. And that's actually one that I need to curb myself because I tend to like snack a decent amount, and then I go right to bed, so I need to try to cut back on that, but that's another one that uh, we could look out for, and this last one is actually pretty good, and it's something that I've actually talked about in the past, and not necessarily with sleep, but it was with relationships, and do you remember me ever saying, don't go to sleep angry at your spouse? I was usually referring to, but that could be other things too, like angry with bills or jobs or relationships or whatever. And this is just try to manage your worries before you go to bed. Write them down, talk to them with your spouse, kind of figure them out before you go to sleep. That way your mind is clear and kind of fresh. And then you can go to bed knowing that you're tackling these issues and you don't have to necessarily worry about them when you go to bed. Alright so let's wrap this up. That's about all I have for today. I hope some of my tips and articles and experiences and stories help you wherever you're at in your stage of life. I know I'm going to try and implement some of these things into my own sleeping habits so hopefully I can put my phone down, right? Please reach out to me at VegasRamer on Instagram. Let me know what you think. Do you have any other positive sleep habits that may be helpful to people? Also, I'm going to try and get some guests in here on some future shows. Maybe some experts can talk about some of these topics so we can get a little more feedback, a little more interesting for you guys to listen to than just me droning on. Anyways, if you want to support the pod, please go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. That always helps me out a lot. I really appreciate it. Lastly, find this podcast on podbean.com, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, and I will talk to you soon.